It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome into the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 3-1 to one to the Calgary Flames. 24, 14, and 5. 53 points on the year for the Vegas Golden Knights. Next in action Monday, 3 o'clock here inside T-Mobile Arena against the Nashville Predators. To help us break this one down, we go back up to the radio booth, bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan? I, I, I'm not going to talk about offense specifically, but in terms of kind of carrying over some of the positives from Thursday night's victory over the Boston Bruins, a lot of it was centered around structure defensively and not allowing odd man rushes, and, and that seemed to kind of go by the wayside for stretches in this game. Hazard a guess as to why. Yeah, well, it it started out reasonably well. Uh, it, it was not a dominant start by the Knights, nor was it a dominant start by the Flames. It, it, and Mike Amadio said that he thought the team had some good energy to start, but then you have those penalties that happen uh, in short order. There were the three penalties in the span of about six minutes. First against Calgary, but then the Knights take a penalty during the power play. Uh, then the Knights take another penalty, and Blake Coleman scores the goal. So it's almost as if, the, I guess if there's a theme in recent days and weeks, I guess it's, you know, mm-hmm. if something goes awry, the Knights just can't regroup. And that is almost what happened. Like I said, they, they you know, have a power play, chance to take an early lead. They squander it, giving the Flames a power play. And then they're shorthanded for a second time in the span of about four minutes. They give up the goal. And then just two minutes after you give up the first goal, they give up the second goal. So just that that swing, the Flames opportunistic. And then with the Knights down two zip and without so many of their regular players, not only for the production, but also the psychological contributions those guys make, the presence that they have, they just mm-hmm. couldn't quite get back into it. So, you, you know, you, you look for moments, you know, Mark Stone is, you know, among the more exuberant players when he gets fired up, you know, you look for some kind of a spark. And for much of that second period, there, there just wasn't. And yeah. then uh, by the time he got to the third and the Knights turned up the heat a little bit, they eventually do score. It's a good looks in the third period. But, you know, Jacob Markstrom by then had settled in. The Flames had collapsed around him. I mentioned all those block shots that the Flames collected. They just uh, couldn't get enough going at that point. And then, you know, they, they were a snake bit. A couple of really good scoring chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, Markstrom was fantastic. And then some close calls that didn't go their way. Just wasn't enough. And, you know, you're not going to wait until the final minutes of the third period. You're not going to wait till the third period, um, period, <laughs> to get things going. <laughs> and yeah. as I mentioned, the Knights have not scored in the opening two periods three games in a row. That has never yeah. happened before in Golden Knights history. They were down, obviously, in Colorado, lost 3-0. It was 0-0 going to the third period against the Bruins. They got one, then won the game in overtime, and today they hadn't scored and were down 3-0 going to the third. So three games in a row that they do not score through 40 minutes. Obviously, that's uncharacteristic and historically bad for this team. Mm-hmm. It's, it, there's no other way to look at it. It's never happened before in, you know, roughly, if you include the playoffs, you know, 500-plus games. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a rough stretch when you consider that they are – not winning a whole bunch of games, and then you throw in the fact that you lose your all-star, your top-scoring player, for the first time this year. And uh, if it doesn't stay on track, if it doesn't go right, it's uh, hard for the team to then rebound and get back on the right track, at least in any sort of consistent way. 
And, I mean, you mentioned that it's it's been three games in a row now where they've been held off the, the score sheet in the first two periods, and two of those games did have Jack Eichel in them, albeit Eichel did miss part of the second period in, last, in the last game. But I guess with Eichel now down, and we don't know how the length of, of time that Jack might miss, where is that offense going to come from for the Golden Knights? Because it was it was even harder to come by with Jack in the lineup. Right. Well, you look at Marcia So and Stevenson, who have been very productive players in this league. Entering the night, Marcia So had no goals in eight. Stevenson had no goals in ten. Uh, Chandler only had one assist in that stretch. Jonathan has collected some assists along the way here, and he was our pregame show guest and knows that at some point he'll come out of it. But and uh, obviously he didn't score today. Chandler did. And Mark Stone is over 40 points now. He's not that far behind from Jack Eichel. And now he'll have a chance, I presume, to catch up to him, depending on how long Jack might be out. But Stone is up to 41 points. Jack was at 44. So those are the first three guys that you'll look at because they have been impactful offensive weapons before. But then who else would get significant minutes? You know, Barbashev was so good in the postseason. He hasn't yet hit 20 points. Dorofiev is getting increased minutes. Wah getting increased minutes. You know, you, you have to expect that if you're in a top six role, you're going to produce. There aren't many other options other than Dorofiev and Watt to be in the top six right now. You know, I guess you could throw Paul Cotter up there. You could throw Howden up there because he has played with Stevenson and Stone before. Maybe Amadio, but um, we'll see how Bruce Cassidy will shake out the lines going forward. But there were no real line changes today. He kept the four lines more or less intact throughout the contest. So it'll have to be those guys to lead the way, and it, it might not be the pretty goals. Gary talked about it during the show. You might not have as many transition goals with nifty passes and highlight-type plays. You'll want more grinding, guys to the net. Remember how it looked when Wah and Kolasar had that two-goal, uh, two-assist performance. Wah had the yeah. two goals, Kolasar had two assists. You get guys in front. You know, the, the grinding away, the greasy type of stuff. And if you're a bottom six guy right now, Cotter, Howden, Amadio, Ron Bjerg, Frey's, Kolasar, you're expecting to get to the blue ice. And if you're not getting there, it probably means you're not going to score. You know, and you bring up an interesting point there in that it's more simplification, right, in the offensive zone. And I feel like in this game in particular, there were a couple of moments, a couple of opportunities, I think, for the Golden Knights to make a simpler play, get pucks uh, to the front of the net and, uh, you know, drop passes to nowhere, overcomplicating things. Is that a message that, you know, Bruce Cassidy is going to be able to get through to this team? Because right now, that is really what's needed. You said it. I, I agree. And then even if you look at the final minutes mm -hmm. when the Knights, you know, you had a sixth attacker on, but even at five versus five later in the game, you know, the defensemen are just firing away. You've got the forwards going to the net, mm -hmm. uh, the defense are shooting, and, you know, there's chaos around the net. The Knights are not causing enough chaos around the net. Calgary is very good around the net, and they collapsed around Markstrom, who was terrific today. But the closest calls that the Knights had were – getting shots from the outside. And hey, even think about, you know, Jonathan Marsh so on the power play the other day. Mm -hmm. He puts that puck to the top of the blue ice. Jack Eichel, it, it really was a pass. In the moment, I said shot because I thought it was going to be a shot. But it was really a perfectly placed pass to Eichel at the top of the crease. You know, you're not going to be able to do that all the time. But it, it, it seems to me that that would be the method of scoring or the attempt to score for the team right now. And, uh, you know, you want to gain the zone. You want to have an aggressive four check and recover pucks. There weren't enough 
sustained offensive zone possessions today. There were too many times where the Knights missed the net. That was another problem today. The Knights missed yeah. the net a whole bunch. And a number of those misses, the puck goes off the boards and right out of the zone. Let me just, just double-check. 23 misses today. Yeah, They had 32 shots on goal, 26 attempts that were blocked, and 23 that missed. That means that there were 49 attempts that did not get to the goal. Mm-hmm. That is way too many. So, <laughs> so yeah. put it toward the net, get it on goal, hope for a rebound. You can't miss the net. Uh, there, uh, you know, just without even looking at that number until now, that's that's too many misses. You know, just uh, Dorothea missed the net four times himself. So uh, Jonathan Marcia so had seven shots that were on goal, one blocked and one missed. So at least Jonathan trying to snap that goal slump is uh, has made the you know, made en- enough of an effort to get the puck on goal a little bit more. So I think that would be the message going into the game against Nashville. All right, Dan, any final thoughts on this one before we turn our attention to Monday and the Nashville Predators? I didn't get a cowboy hat, Ryan. I don't know why. <laughs> I bummer. don't know. Gal- Gary got the, the black cowboy hat. I see Millard on TV. Yeah. I mean, Shane, Shane Knighty looks the sure. part. I mean, that yeah. cool video that they have with Zach Whitecloud and the, the Old West. and uh, it, Like, at first I didn't realize it was Shane because he looked like an actor. <laughs> so perfectly fits the uh, the Sheriff Mullen. That's why he's had the nickname, too. It just fits that role so well. I uh, I sadly did not get a cowboy hat, uh, but that's what, you know, we're on the radio, so no one, no one would have seen it anyway. Well, you, uh, you, you'd wear one well, so I think we have to figure out how to get you a cowboy hat. That's all I can say. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Gary, Gary never offered, just so you know. <laughs> all right. Great stuff, as always, Dan. Enjoy the rest of your night, and we'll chat on Monday. Thanks, Ryan. Good night. That's the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 3-1 loss to the Calgary Flames. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. It's post postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 3-1 to one to the Calgary Flames. 24, 14, and 5. 53 points on the year for the Vegas Golden Knights. Next in action Monday, 3 o'clock, against the Nashville Predators. Postgame injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. No Jack Eichel for the first time this season for the Vegas Golden Knights. Did not play tonight. Going through some evaluation, not sure exactly what the timeline's looking like for Jack over the next you know, week or so, but hopefully we get more of an update on Jack and certainly more of an update on Aiden Hill when he might be available. The same for Shea Theodore, William Carlson, and William Carrier, though it seems like those two players specifically a little bit further out than the rest. So having said all that, let's get into the highlights in this one. We go back to the first period. The Flames will get a look on the power play midway through the period and open the scoring with Blake Coleman's power play goal. Passing back and forth on the right. Backland again. Shooting, save, rebound, score! Calgary strikes first on the power play. A rebound goal in front. Blake Coleman's 19th goal of the year, a power play goal from Michael Backland and Rasmus Anderson. 11.06 of the first period made it 1-0 Calgary. The Flames extended the lead two minutes later when Nazem Kadri finished off an odd man rush. Haig breaks up the play, loose puck in front, and it goes to the corner, centering, it's behind Thompson, and the Calgary Flames score! Kadri was right on the doorstep as Thompson 
trying to defend the rush, ended up just out of his crease. And with seven minutes to go in the first period, Calgary now leads 2-0. Nazem Kadri's 14th goal of the year from Connor Zary, 13-04 the first period, made it 2 to nothing Calgary. So we'd head to the second period, the Flames up 2. The Golden Knights could not afford to give up the next goal of the game, but unfortunately a turnover at the blue line led to another Flames odd man rush, and Michael Backlund made it 3 to nothing. On his backhand left goal line, chase to the outside, changing spots with Martinez, but Connor forced to center, leads to a two-on-one. Mangiapane got it there, score! Michael Backlund, 3-0 Calgary. Michael Backlund's 10th goal of the year from Andrew Mangiapane and Blake Coleman, 17-09 of the second period, made it 3-0 Calgary. So the Flames would take that 3-0 lead into the third period, and the Golden Knights would push to start the third and finally broke through when Mark Stone set up Chandler Stevenson's seventh goal of the season. Left circle, Martinez behind the net, Stone, quick stick, score! Stevenson from the right side, and the Knights are on the board, 3-1. Chandler Stevenson from Mark Stone and Alec Martinez, 8-54, the third period made it 3-1. Calgary, the Golden Knights would get Logan Thompson off, and then there would be a mad scramble, a big chaotic push to end this game, but all that was left was the final call. Passes right, Korzak from the right circle, a shot, and it's near the line, it was knocked away, it's a loose puck, play continues, and another shot, and another shot is blocked, the clock had stopped momentarily, it goes behind with five, Dorofiev centers, here's Haig, with Markstrom down, a shot is blocked at the horn, the game is over, and the Knights lose by a final score, 3-1. Yeah, you have it. And there you have it, 3-1, to one, the final. Let's go to Bruce Cassidy as he addresses the media. Structure was great on Thursday. Tonight they got all three of their goals in front of the net. Seems to be a recurring problem over the last few weeks. Just what Has there been one particular area that's led to those breakdowns in front of the net that you've seen? Um, I didn't see anything wrong with the structure. What I saw was guys getting out-willed in front of the net. I mean, they're in position. They're right there. If they're not there, that's one thing. The third goal was different because Paul walks up, Marty goes down and kind of handcuffed him. We turned the puck over, and now they're gone. Could we have defended the rush better? Of course, but I thought that was a real nice move by Calgary, and they capitalized on a good play. The first two, you know, they're just kind of pucks that get pushed into the middle of the net, and hey, you know, you need to be positionally sound as a goaltender, and B, you need to will people to win those puck battles if he's making the first save and still recovering. So. That was the issue in the first two. We're just heavier in front of our net. Um, two big defensemen. You know, they, they had more will to get it in the net. And you could go on the flip side of that. Even I know it's the end of the game, but the same sequence, right? They found a way to keep it out of their net. We didn't have the will to get it in the net. If it was a one-goal game, that would have really hurt, you know, with the empty net. So <clears throat> will around the front of the net. Slot battle. We took care of all that against Boston. Every rebound was cleared out of there. Um, and, and our goalie was set after the rebound, but we cleared pucks out of there if he was still recovering. And we didn't do that tonight in the first two goals. Got to take care of business there. We're a big, strong D. Take care of business. Um, can happen once, but now you're chasing two goals. Now you're chasing it a little bit, right? And, and uh, at the end of the day, we kept chasing it and never caught it. <clears throat> Chris. Hey, Bruce. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, the last three games, you guys have scored one five-on-five five goal. Before the Islanders game, you guys are having a difficult time finding the back of the net. Just what's been the cause of you guys' inability to find to put the puck in the net? 
some personnel are struggling. Um, some of the guys we rely on are out of the lineup that generate offense. Some guys are off net uh, with their good chances. Tonight there was way too much of that. Um, you know, high and wide. Couple of crossbars, that's, t that's tough puck luck. We've really got no sort of fortunate breaks where a shot gets blocked and finds our stick. We haven't gone, that stretch has not found us in a long time. Um, when I say that, I remember LA came in earlier in the year and they scored three goals. One goes off the end boards, one deflects off Petro right to a guy beside, you know what I mean? Like that's a little bit of product of generating your own puck luck, shooting pucks at the net, getting around the net. And I thought tonight as the game went on, we did a better job with that, but nothing found our stick in the right spot where we could finish. But we do have some guys now that middle group that have, well, they've been in the league a few years that have really haven't produced in a long time. And when you take other guys out of the lineup that typically do, someone else has to fill in for those goals, right? Or it's gotta be out of your net less. And in Boston, it was out of our net less. Against the Islanders, it was two against, right? So now you're in the game. Now, we get five, so we got plenty to win. But tonight we didn't need five. Um, I think, you know, obviously we needed three, but it could have been a low-scoring game like Boston. I think it was a similar type of game in terms of how it went. We just got behind. So put those three or four things together, um, and that's what you have. Obviously, you have to execute the right place, Tony, to, to Stevie, and then get it by the goalie, right? And some of those plays were there. We didn't. We were off net. Some we uh, we made saves. I think it was Pav in the third period had one point blank in the slot. He comes across and looks like it's going to be a sure goal. Uh, he saves it, <clears throat> as I said, a couple of good looks. So I thought he generated enough to score. Why we didn't, um, those are, the, to me, the reasons. And then there's, there's a little bit of guy at the other end, right? It seems like we are getting a lot of good goaltending. Like, you can't sit there and say Markstrom didn't. It's probably first start and look at the sheet. Uh, very well tonight. Decord in Seattle, we got shut out. I'll go through the list, Lindgren and Wash. It's happened to a lot this year. We got shut out where... You know, we generated other nights. Um, we need to generate more, but we've got good goaltending against us too. So, uh, but that's a learning curve for the guys in the league, right? Uh, younger guys, guys like Pav that haven't been around that much, and you know, maybe a Paul that's still learning the, the ropes. And those guys just, you know, how hard it is to score in this league. Okay. Ken Bolke, Vegas. Did you feel like the score kind of influ influenced how you were able to push back, or do you think the offense was there and it just? Well, I think we got better as the game went along because our guys care and they didn't want to. We didn't have the first period we wanted, but it's not like they outchanced us 10 to 1. We had looks. Um, they didn't go in, uh, but they were one and done looks. Their looks, they hung around the front of the net. And as I said, they outworked us for the goal. So there's part of that too, Chris, by the way. They could put that in there if I didn't. Like it is the net front battle. You got to get there. Uh, Jack did the other night against Boston, the power play, wins a race to the front of the net. So there's some of that that goes into it for sure. But um, I thought we started pushing better and um, as the game went on because we knew, like, we're behind, we got to get going. And so there's our checking game got better, our feet are moving, we're winning races, winning battles. And we just needed a goal in the second period. One of those maybe crossbars around the front, and that's two to one to me is a huge difference in three nothing now maybe. So timely goal for them, timely saves, and and uh, you know now we're really chasing. I mean I liked our effort. We're trying to score goals. We're physical tonight. I thought we had a, a lot of I don't know what the hit totals were, and I didn't think we gave pucks away all night. So we just didn't finish well enough.
Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. <clears throat> Practice tomorrow. That was head coach Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after tonight's 3-1 loss to the Calgary Flames. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. It's a postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 3-1 to one to the Calgary Flames. Another opportunity for the Golden Knights to get back in the win column Monday, 3 o'clock, against the Nashville Predators. Vegas 24, 14, and 5, 53 points on the year. You know, this one's an interesting one for a couple of different reasons. I, you know, it... The first period was even until it wasn't, right? And I think that that's kind of where we were going a bit there with Dan Duva, and also you kind of heard it a bit from, from Bruce Cassidy. The Golden Knights got better. They grew into this game, which is you know something to be said, but I, I feel like it was just one of those plays, right, where you don't get a power play goal. You maybe suck some momentum out of the building, out of your own play, uh, in, in front of the net, and then all of a sudden you're you're behind two goals in a matter of two minutes. And as Bruce Cassidy talked about some of those plays, right, at least the first two goals particularly, structure was there, just guy's not making plays, right? Like when you're there, you're not making a play, and he juxtaposed that with the furious push from the Golden Knights at the end of the game. And listen, if Vegas scores with 12.2 seconds left, do they come back and win the game? Probably not reasonable to take to say that that's not going to happen. However, you got to bear down on those chances. The the most impressive offensive stretch that the Golden Knights had was 6 on 5 with about 40 seconds left and it was utter chaos in front of the net. They didn't convert. They had their chances. They just threw pucks there. And I think that that's really where I'm going in terms of what I want to see from Vegas on Monday against Nashville. There needs to be a simplicity to their game. There were a number of times in this one, drop passes that just didn't go anywhere, right? That either turned pucks over or had Calgary going the other way. And you understand why they're trying to make those plays. This is what the Golden Knights do. When they are at full strength, when they have a healthy roster, this team makes pretty plays. They just do. That's why they won a Stanley Cup. They can, they can be hard to play against, but they can be a finesse team. They can make some really creative plays come alive. It's just not there right now with this roster. So you've got to bear down. You've got to lean into being simple. You've got to be a team that grinds out wins on both sides of the puck, defensively, offensively. You saw the height of that Thursday night against the Boston Bruins. You want to talk about a game where you grind out a win that was it for the Golden Knights. That's the blueprint, especially now with Jack Eichel out of the lineup. Tonight, it was there for the taking. It just didn't happen for the Golden Knights. They got out-battled on the first two goals against, and they couldn't find that level. They couldn't find that next play. They couldn't find that puck in the scramble at the end of the game. Sometimes that's hockey. 
But for this team, they've got to sort out the simplicity factor going into Monday against Nashville. We're back to wrap it up next on the VGK Post Game Show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here on the VGK postgame show, the Golden Knights fall. 3-1 to to the Calgary Flames. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. It was the first period, really midway through the first period. The Golden Knights gave up a power play goal to the Flames. They were right there in front, but it's Blake Coleman. He's able to get a rebound, put it past Logan Thompson, and then... Two minutes later, the Flames go down the ice, mad scramble in front of the net, and they find a way. Nazem Kadri makes it 2 to nothing. Then you go into the second period, and the Golden Knights, the push was there to a degree, but not as furious as you would have expected it to be. Pavel Dorofiev hits post, Michael Backlund scores goal, and all of a sudden you're in a 3 nothing hole going into the third period. Vegas does, to their credit, get one in the third period, and they make it interesting late with a mad scramble 6-on-5, but ultimately come up short and do not win back-to-back games as they have not done over the last month of gameplay. Vegas Golden Knights are next in action Monday, 3 o'clock, against the Nashville Predators here inside T-Mobile Arena. That's going to do it for us here on the VGK Postgame Show. Extended Postgame Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network postgame show. For the station staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night, and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 3-1 to the final. The Golden Knights fall to the Calgary Flames. 702-876-1340, that's the number. If you'd like to join us here on the Extended Post Game Show, if I can just get one thing out of the way right off the top. No, it's not the jerseys. I just want to make it very clear. It's not the jerseys. Though I I understand the reason as to why you'd want to blame something inanimate. I, I understand the reason why you want to find fault in something that has literally no bearing on the outcome of a game whatsoever. It's not the jerseys. You can call me up and you can say that it is the jerseys if you really want to, but I'm telling you right now, no matter how much you want it to be so, it's not the jerseys. The Golden Knights didn't lose this game tonight because they wore their winter classic kits. Just not a thing. It's not real. It's made up. So I just want to get that out of the way. 
I just want to dig into that right now. It is not the jerseys. 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good heavens. I hope that the texters did not say it was. Mike, listen, listen, listen. I'm not, I'm not saying it's the texters. Okay. What I am saying is I, I have seen in the past, and I have also dealt with a couple of things over the course of the night that seem to indicate no, no matter what happened in this game, if it was a loss, it's the jersey's fault. And, and I just, you know me, I'm not a big like hockey <laughs> god guy. I don't believe in ghosts, especially when we're talking about the Montreal Forum. Like, listen. The players on the ice dictate the game. Regardless of what it is they're wearing, it's not the jerseys. No, and for heaven's sake, let's put that to rest immediately, as you did. Uh, Although I am going to wear my red retro tomorrow to practice, (laughs) just because I think it's cute and it's beautiful, and that's what uh, that that was a real retro. But Mm -hmm. the the real story here is uh, there's a lot of effort. There is a lot of effort. And I'll predict here in mid-January of 2024 that Pavel Dorofeyov will never be a healthy scratch again. I love his game right now anyway. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty bold prediction, and that's not to take any way, anything away or diminish what Pavel Dorofeyov is doing. I, just, I think that when you are fully healthy, you have decisions to make, right? Like when mm-hmm. you've got Carrier, when you've got Carlson, when you've got Eichel – those three guys in particular, and then you know, notwithstanding anything that may or may not happen at the trade deadline, um, I I don't know that I'd go that far as to say he'll never be a healthy scratch again. Sometimes uh, you will just put a player up in the press box to to kind of hone in on certain aspects of the game. But I, I get what you're saying. I like his his ability alongside Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Uh, it's just got to lead to a little bit more production here. Well, on the other hand, as we get very close now to the All-Star break, uh, if I'm Kelly McCrimmon, I can't really pull the trigger because unless you're Bjornfoot and you're going to be acquired for nothing, mm-hmm. I, I don't see how you really can change the dynamic knowing that all that money will come back to play right after the break. So what does he do at this point? Well, that's a really interesting question, Mike, and, and thanks for the call. Um, to, to answer it, I don't know, number one, um, mainly because I don't have the timeline on some of these injuries, right? Like, we're not sure how long the Golden Knights may or may not be without Jack Eichel. We know that Carlson and Carrier are a ways out, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be anything that, that keeps them out of the lineup, you know, till the end of the season, so you're right to, to point that out there. Um, Aiden Hill, really not sure yet either. Will Carrier, kind of the same thing. So I don't know if there's you know a different timeline or, or if there are other timelines. Certainly there's more information that Kelly McCrimmon has than I do, is what I'm essentially trying to say. And for the right player at the right time, I'm never, ever, ever going to underestimate this organization's ability to make a trade, make it work, and improve their team. So if there's a player out there that makes sense or a player that the Golden Knights covet 
or a player that the Golden Knights think can help them in any way, shape, or form, and it makes sense, then that's an avenue that I think they'll explore. But I don't think it's going to be in relation to what's happening now. I think it's bigger picture than that, and that's kind of the best way that I can put it. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. So that was a tough one to watch just because, like, it felt like they were playing well. Mm-hmm. Like, it was not the best game I've ever seen the Knights play, but it certainly wasn't one of the worst in this stretch that we've been having. Yeah. And it's just like the bounces weren't going for them, the crossbars. It just wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't there tonight. And that's unfortunate because, Obviously, a lot of these players know they're going to need to step up and fill some pretty big missing skates, you know, mm-hmm. if you yeah. will, right, with Eichel out. I still, gosh, I really hope we get Shea Theodore back soon because he is just a very important and I think sometimes underrated part of this team, especially from, like, out outside of our Vegas sphere bubble of it. Right? I think a lot of people don't quite recognize how good Shea Theodore is. Yeah, I'm with you there, Stephanie, and, and thanks for the call on that one. I, I think that you, you're getting a glimpse as to how important Shea Theodore is for this team. And it, you know, I'm with you in that I don't think it was a poorly played game for the Golden Knights, but again, there were a couple of breakdowns, and it wasn't necessarily structure breakdowns, but just breakdowns in terms of, of finding a way to make a play, right? Finding a way to kind of take that puck. And you know, Shea Theodore isn't necessarily known for his defense, but he was playing outstanding defense for the Golden Knights. He was killing plays uh, just as they came in over the blue line. He was able to kind of use his shiftiness in the corners to get pucks out of danger. And the big thing for the Golden Knights, uh, when Shea Theodore was on the ice, they were playing mostly in the offensive zone because he can skate pucks out of trouble. So I think that there's an aspect of needing his game back in the lineup. He's such an impact player for this team. I could not agree with more. One of the biggest shoes to fill has been Shea Theodore's. They've they've found some areas where they've been able to get close, but nothing's going to really replace what Shea brings to the table for this team. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Well, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I love you. I love Mrs. Wallace, but we got to talk here. You're oh, wrong. Oh, boy. I'm wrong well, about what? here it is. It's oh. the damn jersey. It's I not that no. At midnight, I want on a full moon. I want the coach to take them out there, set a big bonfire while seven members of wickets run uh, dance around it, shaking sage. Those damn things have to go. I don't ever. They wrap our poor guys up in bad juju. Um. Yeah. I no. No. They're not. It's yes, not the yes. jerseys. You got to deal with it. There's no the way Look it's the them. jersey. Okay. Give me. Give me something scientific here. Like. They like, won tell me. twice. They lost twice. They've got. They've got one goal in six periods. One. What. What about the. What about the other jerseys that they wore on the road when they lost. When they've lost six in a row on the road. But they, they've not lost every one of those. There's something about these damn things. I'm There's sorry. Some, we were ready them. to turn it around. Rita, we they've worn the them twice. It was ready to go. You put those damn things on them, and it's bad juju. The guys can't even think straight out there. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't disagree more, Rita. I really couldn't. <laughs> well, well that, that's your right. But, you yeah. know, I love you, but you're wrong. Okay. 
Thanks so much, Rita, for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, 702-876-1340. Hot jersey takes. That's what we're getting here on the post-game show. But, hey, we like to have a little bit of fun. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Alex. Hey, Alex, how you doing? Hi, Ryan. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Hey, so I'm just thinking big picture over here. I know uh, the Golden Knights are pretty banged up. No, no Eichel tonight. No Theodore. I mean, I, I just look at what Colorado's doing. I, I'm looking at Winnipeg. They've kind of surprised me this this season. But uh, where should I be? Should I be concerned um, about their chances maybe later on in the season about seeding? I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how how concerned should I be, Ryan? Well, I, I think that there's a lot that goes into that, like nuance that you need to have, right? Like, are the Golden Knights going to be healthy going into the playoffs? You, you know what I mean? Like, first of all, you got to make the playoffs. Like, And to a degree, obviously you want to have as high of a seeding as you could possibly have. The Golden Knights were top spot in the Pacific Division. They had home ice every single series that they played in the postseason last year, and that certainly was a help to them for sure. But they were also incredibly healthy outside of goaltending. They were incredibly healthy the entire run in the postseason. So if you're getting a similar bill of health, like meaning the players are, that are out right now, Eichel, Carlson, Carrier, Theodore, Aiden Hill, those guys, impact players, most of them, if you're getting them back and they're healthy going into the playoffs, then I don't really think it matters if you're a two-seed two or a three-seed or even if you're in a wild card spot, not that I think that the Golden Knights are going to slip that far, you just want to be healthy and playing your best hockey. That's really all that matters here. You've got some time to kind of get healthy. You've got some time to figure out your game, defend better, be better in all three zones. But I think right now it looks dire, it feels dire, because the Golden Knights aren't healthy. And you know, you're know you seeing things kind of slip back, but again... I don't think that the seeding's going to matter all that much. I just think if they're healthy, that's the most important aspect for the Golden Knights going into the playoffs. Yes, yeah, yeah. Just, just, yeah. Just got to hope that that they get healthy. And mm-hmm. uh, again, like last year, like you said, that that played a, such a big part into uh, the Cup run. I mean, I think they were the healthiest team mm-hmm. in the playoffs, and you know, it definitely showed later on, and especially against Florida. I mean. Just, just the depth pieces. I mean, everyone, everyone was rolling. So, yeah, yeah you're right. And, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. All right, thanks for the call, Alex. I appreciate it. 702-876-1340. The benefit of being the host of the show is I get to just continue to say it. It's not the jerseys. The jerseys aren't cursed. I don't believe in any of that. That's all I'm saying. 702-876-1340, that's the number if you'd like to join us on the other side of the break. It's the extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 3-1 in the final. The Calgary Flames defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas 24-14-5, 53 points on the year. Next in action Monday, 3 o'clock against the Nashville Predators, 702-876-1340. That's the number. Again, it's not the jerseys. It's all. It's all I'm saying. 
It's not the jerseys. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Will. Hey, Will, how you doing? Doing okay, Ryan. Most nights I have to text because I don't get out to the parking lot in time to call in. Hmm. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad you called uh, in. I wanted to echo Mike and Stephanie on the, the lots of great effort tonight. Just didn't yeah. get the rewards for it. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, it, it wasn't an effort issue tonight. It was execution. Yeah, and, and the lines are so mixed up. Guys don't know each other yet. It's not like the nights when we watch three, four lines deep and they all know exactly where they're going. Mm-hmm. So what are you hoping to see on, on Monday against Nashville? Um, as much as anything, the fact that they've been together a little bit, maybe some familiarity, maybe a, little, a few less uh, concerted efforts to try and find each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you bring up a really good point there, Will, and thanks for the call. I, I think that, that there are there's a lot of plays that the Golden Knights want to make. You can see it. You can sense it, right? Like, Mark Stone is used to having a player like, you know, either Paul Cotter or Ivan Barbashev or Jonathan Marshall. So at certain times to feed off of what he's doing, Chandler Stevenson also. And, you know, as Pavel Dorofiev kind of learns Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson, and both of those guys learn Pavel Dorofiev, more of those plays are going to connect. Um, but I, I think that, you know, right now maybe they're forcing it just a little bit too much. And I think that they've got to just allow simplicity to be their guide in this stretch. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Ryan. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Hey, how you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? Oh, well, you know, obviously after a loss, it always kind of leaves a little bit of a sting. But, you know, we sure. get through it. So yeah. uh, first time back on the show in, a, in, you know, a handful of games here. I've uh, missed the last handful of post games. So forgive me if it's been brought up, but uh, it I know we're on a next-man-up type mentality right now. The injuries have left a lot of holes in the lineup that just have to be filled. But it seems to me like Paul Cotter is getting a lot of ice time for a lot of mistakes to be made. A lot of, lot of fan-on pucks, a lot of bad turnovers, a lot of just stuff that shouldn't be happening in front of his own net with no positives at the other end of the ice. And I, Am I the only one noticing that? Well, I think you're you're looking at a game tonight for Paul that that probably wasn't his best in, in a in a long stretch. Um, not so much in terms of of how he's defending in front of his own net, but obviously he he's kind of instrumental in that third goal for the Calgary Flames, right? Like he has the puck down low, and he was doing some good work down low. But Alec Martinez jumped in expecting either a dish off for a one timer or at least for Paul to kind of cycle the puck back down low and then cover the point. It didn't happen. Paul loses the puck at the blue line, and all of a sudden it goes back the other way. I I commend Paul for trying, but I think that really what he needs to do is he's just got to let things rip, right? Like he he's got a great shot. He's got individual skill. I think he's overthinking it, just like a lot of the other Golden Knights are. Uh, and right now, I, I don't know that there's, at least on this, this roster, they've got 12 healthy forwards, all 12 played. Um, is there a different direction that you're trying to go with Paul Carter out of the lineup? Because I don't know that it makes you better if he's not playing games. No, I, and, and I agree with you there. And, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it really hurts the team to have such a depleted lineup to where you're looking at a guy who's had a rough stretch. You know, you go back to the Winter Classic. And you look mm-hmm. at Paul trying to dangle in front of his own net, and he coughs up the puck and it's in the net. You know, it's a game you're already struggling offensively, you're already chasing a couple, and you cough one up. You go back another game or two, and, you know, he's trying to trying to make a stick handle at his own goal line. And it ends up almost being an own goal. Thank God, you know, 
Thank God Logan was on top of his game, keeps it from going out, and then stops the prime scoring chance on top of it. Yeah. It just it just seems like like somebody who I don't know why he's turned into somebody who's trying way harder than it seems like you should be trying in some of these spots where there's so much risk and very very little reward. That that's all I, I'm seeing out of it. And yeah, like it's 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 just it's it seems like a lot of effort to to be doing nothing but minuses. Well, that's that's the thing, right? You're in a position where everybody's trying to do more, right? And I think that that's going to be where the Golden Knights find themselves out of this is when they stop trying to do too much and do what the play sure. dictates, right? And I think that that's a learning curve, especially for some of those younger guys that want to make an impact. And you know, as as you said, like I think I think you're right in that it does need to be something that that gets looked at. I think they have to simplify the game. I've talked about that quite a bit. Sure. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, you, you, you live with it if you're Bruce Cassidy because it shows they care. And, sure. and you, you got to try to coach some of those tendencies out of them in those moments. But at least you've got guys out there that are giving everything that they have and they're trying to do something as opposed to, you know, playing it a little bit too safe. To a degree, they should be a little bit safer with the puck, uh, but it, they're they're trying to make plays and, and they're trying to step up with some of those players out of the lineup. Yep, I definitely hear you. All right, man, thanks for taking the call. Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. Thanks so much for calling in. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Al. Hey, Al, how you doing? Hey, I got to give credit. The other night they weren't hitting. Tonight they hit. They hit yeah. for sure. They hit. They hit the other night against Boston. Good stuff. Mm. Tonight they hit. They just didn't have anyone in front of the net to take advantage of turnovers. Uh, the question was, in training camp, it was boiling down to, like, the last spots. We were talking, is it going to be Dorfiev? Is it going to be Cotter? Yeah. Or is it going to be Brisson? We've not heard Brisson's name at all. Um, yeah. What is the story with him uh, as far as a prospect goes? And finally, I, I just got to say, for the fans' sake, burn the jerseys. Just oh, put them in a pile and burn them. Then we're done with this. You know, they wear them one more time. Oh, God, it's too bad. But what is the story with what is the story with his number one overall pick? We haven't seen him. That the number one overall pick? Well, you talking not about not overall, but their their number one pick that's uh, still in, Henderson. In Brent, yeah, he's he's playing in Henderson right now. And thanks Al for the call. Um, listen, I, I think patience is in order when it comes to Brendan Brisson because, and this is this is my idea. This is my thought. Now, if you want to put Brisson on a line with Mark Stone. And Chandler Stevenson, I think that's probably the best spot for him because Brendan Brisson has a wicked shot. In the preseason, they had Brisson paired up mostly with Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel not in the lineup right now, so I don't know that you want to bring Brisson, a shooter, um, into a situation where he's not going to have the guys in the lineup that are going to be able to set him up. Now, that being said... The Golden Knights could recall Brendan Brisson tomorrow. He could be an option for Vegas moving forward. They tried Grigory Denisenko, who was leading the Henderson Silver Knights at the time that he was called up. The offense didn't really go for Denisenko. And Brisson's been good in Henderson, but you probably want some of those players, young prospects, to dominate at the AHL level for at least a little bit of time before you thrust them into this position where they are asked to do more than what their skill set can bring to the table right now in these moments in the National Hockey League. So I'm not sure if Brendan Brisson fits into the plans for this season, given how 
thin the Golden Knights are up front. Could I see it? Absolutely. But right now, he's not with the team, so I'm, I'm looking at it more from the perspective of the players that are with the team as opposed to the ones that might or might not be called up. Take a break. Wrap things up next on the Extended Post Game Show. Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knights fall 3-1 to to the Calgary Flames. Next in action Monday, 3 o'clock against the Nashville Predators. It's not the jerseys. There, I said it. Again and again and again. It's not the jerseys. I understand that it's fun to, like, poke fun. I do. I'm not a, above or below a good joke. But where I draw the line here is the idea that what a team wears impacts the play on the ice. It doesn't impact anything. Truly, honestly, it doesn't matter. The Golden Knights didn't lose this game tonight because they wore their Winter Classic jerseys. They lost this game because the Calgary Flames made more plays in front of the net than the Golden Knights did. Just that simple. Bruce Cassidy said flat out that... There were pockets in front of the net where the Golden Knights got outwilled. Calgary made more plays. Sometimes that happens. But the fact that the Golden Knights were wearing their Winter Classic jerseys didn't take away their ability to win this game. It didn't factor in to the outcome of this game. And I just want everyone to know, there's one thing you take with you when you leave here tonight, after this show. It's not the jerseys. That's going to do it for me here on the Extended Post Game Show. Thanks to Vanessa Alejos down here making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It's not the jersey. It is your post game show. It's not as much fun without your calls and your input. Again, not the jersey. Until Monday. Have a great night. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.